Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. What we're going to talk about today is the ultimate priority. Now, every one of you here has a priority in life. You prioritize your days. You have something that you are striving for that day. It may be work. It may be family. It may be what you want out of life. But you have priorities. And you prioritize things. And you may it may be in the evening that your priority is your show. You've got to watch your show. Or... Your priority is getting on Facebook, or your priority is this, that, or another. Your priority is a meal. Every one of us here operates with regard to priorities. And so some things rank pretty high, some things rank pretty low. And the stuff that's pretty high, that changes. Have you noticed that? Like, I remember, I'll I'll just share, I'll be vulnerable with you for a moment. When I was dating Lori, she was pretty high on the priority list. She could interrupt me at work anytime. She'd call my office. I'd drop what I'm doing. Hi, how are you? Eighteen years later, why are you calling me at the office? Priorities change, don't they? But we're going to talk about what the ultimate priority is. And so I want you to think about that as we go to this passage this morning. As we go to this passage. And I want you to notice that we're going to look at these verses. We're going to see the example of Martha. And then we're going to see the example of Mary. And then we're going to see how Jesus responds. So notice with me verse 38. And hopefully out of this, God's going to teach us something out of this. Because some of you guys here are saying, well, you know what? This sounds like a lady's message. What in the world am I going to get out of this? Well, just bear with me, guys. You'll see what's going on here. Notice with me. Luke writes this. Now it happened as they went And he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Here's what we're going to do. First of all, let's notice the example of Martha. Here's here's the situation. Jesus is traveling. He comes to a certain village, and in this village is a family, and probably the the kind of probably the older sister. I'm assuming that's who Martha is, because she invites Jesus to come over. Now we'll know later in the other Gospels that they also have a brother by the name of Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead earlier. So she's inviting Jesus over to her house. Now let me explain something to you. When you invite Jesus over to your house, it's not just Jesus who's coming to your house. It's some disciples who are coming to your house as well. So she's got all these folks coming over to her house. Now, let me explain to you. In that culture, 
when they come over to your house, you've got to feed them. You've got to put on a big spread for them, especially knowing how famous Jesus is by this point, how well known he is as the teacher and the healer. She's going to want to put on a spread that will kill. She's going to put on all kinds of food there for them. So she, the scripture tells us, is very busy. This is the first point I want you to see here. She is busy serving. So really up until this point, when you look at this passage, this is why the ladies get mad at me. It's like, what's, what's the problem with Mary, Martha? Because Martha's doing what she should be doing. She's, she's being a good hostess. She's busy slaving away. Now here's the problem. Here's why ladies get mad. Because they can relate to Martha. Because I, I know how it is in my house because I, I get the raspberries sometimes. Because we'll invite folks over and Lori said, okay, we'll have them over. But you need to help, George. I said, okay, I'll help. I'll help. And my extent of helping might be cooking the burgers. And Lori's slaving away and now she's got Maddie. Maddie and her are slaving away and then I got the burgers cooked so I go kick back in the living room and just want to talk. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, know, you, you ladies know especially what I'm talking about. So you can resonate with Martha here. She's busy. She's serving. Now she's got a sister, a little sister named Mary. Now here's what Mary's doing. Mary's in the living room listening to Jesus. So Martha gets upset because there's work to be done. And what are you doing just sitting around when you should be working. So I know she's busy serving, but here's what she's doing. She is preoccupied with what others are doing. She's preoccupied with what others are doing. In fact, notice what it says here, verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. You know what that kind of tells you here? Is that Martha was losing focus. Because you know what? When you talk about hospitality, hospitality is shown because you want to make the person who's coming over feel special. And then what can happen is is that in the midst of making someone feel special, you lose sight of the one that you're serving and it becomes, the whole focus becomes now on what? What you're doing. So that's why the scripture says she was distracted with much serving. Why? Because she's preoccupied. And here's what she's preoccupied with. She's not just focused on her serving. She's kind of really sitting there wondering what Mary's doing. So you can see her. She's bringing the hors d'oeuvres out, probably giving her the evil eye. Well, you get in there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not even, probably not even enough to utter. in there. I need your help. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? So everybody kind of resonates with Martha here. So she is preoccupied with doing others. Now here's the problem, though. Here's the problem with Martha. She makes assumptions about Jesus. She makes assumptions about Jesus. Notice with me what it says here. Verse 40. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her 
to help me. Listen to what she's saying, folks. She's making some assumptions about Jesus. The first assumption that she's making is, is that Jesus doesn't care about her. Well, Jesus, don't you care that Mary's out here not doing anything? She's just listening to you, and I'm back there. My hair is getting all wet from the steam, and, the, and all the dishes are piling up, and, and your disciples are slobs, and, and I've got to do all this stuff, and where is she? Don't you care, Jesus? You know what? You, you, know, you can relate to her, can't you? But the problem is that she's making an assumption. She's making an assumption that Jesus doesn't care. She's making an assumption that he doesn't care. And here's the other assumption. She's making the assumption that Jesus is going to agree with her and say, yeah, Mary, you're right. That's awfully bad about what Mary's doing, isn't it? So she's got two assumptions going on here. Number one, she's assuming that Jesus doesn't care, but then on the other hand, that when she corrects Jesus, she's going to, she, Jesus is going to realize, yeah, gee, you know what, Martha, you're right. Mary, she needs the help. And yeah, I'll, I'll jump right on it. I'll tell her, you better get in there. See, this is why we, we really... When you look at how Jesus responds, because the next part is going to be the example of Mary, and then we're going to see Jesus respond. This is why so many of you find this passage so hard to accept, because you can relate with Martha. It's like, what's the big deal here, Jesus? Because Martha's the one who's doing right. Now, do you know what it's like? I mean, how many of you ever gone to clan gatherings, your family reunions or stuff, and and... You're there, and you got all the ladies are working away, but then there's maybe the occasional lady or something who doesn't do anything. Kind of hanging around talking with all the guys and playing with the kids and stuff, and the rest of you ladies are like, why can't she come in here and help us? This happens every year. When is she going to learn? Somebody needs to talk to her. I thought you were going to talk to her. Well, you better talk to her. See, we can relate with Martha, can't we? We can relate to her. But I want you to notice, look at the example of Mary now. Verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Here's what I'm saying. She pauses to spend time with Jesus. Let me just stop for a moment. I, I need to say this because you're going to lose, I'm going to lose you from this point on if you don't hear what I'm about to tell you. This passage is not saying that Martha is wrong. You understand me? This passage is not saying that what Mary is doing is wrong. So don't lose me, because immediately you're going to shut me off from this point on, because you're going to be like, oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. No, 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 you need to listen. Because when you look at how Jesus responds, he's going to bring it all together. So let's talk about what the example is of Mary here. So Mary pauses to spend time with Jesus. So probably, can I be honest with you, had it been anybody else, she probably would have been working away, slaving just away as much as Martha is, 
trying to do what she can to be a hospitable Jewish home. When somebody comes over, you put on a spread. But today, for some reason, she pauses. And the reason why she pauses is she wants to spend time with Jesus. That's the first thing I want you to see about her example. She pauses to spend time with Jesus. The other thing I want you to see here is this. Her focus is Jesus. Remember Martha? What's her focus? Getting the meal done. Making sure everybody's taken care of. Making sure those disciples are fed. Making sure that Jesus has a good time. She's And then what's about the mountain of dishes that's going to be later on? And, and is, is there enough for them to drink? And is there enough hors d'oeuvres for them to eat? And, and is the steak well done? And But Mary, her focus is purely one person only. Who? Jesus. Jesus. That's her example. Now, how does Jesus respond to this? So again, remember, I told you, if you, if you don't grasp that neither one of them are wrong, you're going you're gonna to drop me, you're going to lose me. So I'm going to make three points here that I think are very critical for you and I to understand as we talk about prioritizing. Because we're going to relate this back all to our life here in a moment. And here's the first thing I want you to see. Jesus does not rebuke service. He doesn't rebuke service. So I want you to notice, when you look at how Jesus responds here, verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her. First thing I want you to see here is when you look at his response, I'm going to tell you something. What you're not going to see there is this. He is not going to rebuke her for her being hospitable. He's not rebuking her for her putting on a big spread and getting focused on all this stuff. He's not rebuking her about that. In fact, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying the fruits of her labor. He's, he's, it's okay that she's doing that. See, this is why we get hung up with this passage sometimes. It's because we think that Jesus is saying, well, we can't do that. And I've heard people say, well, if, if, if we're not supposed to do that, who's supposed to do it then? It's just not going to happen on its own. No, no, you're missing the point here. He's not rebuking the service. The service is fine. You go ahead and serve. This is what Jesus is saying. You go ahead and serve, but this is what he's critical about. Notice something. Jesus criticizes being concerned about what others are doing. What he's critical is not your service, but when you get distracted by, well, how come they're not doing that? How come they're not helping? How come, how come they're doing those kind of things? And we do that, don't we? We do that really good in church. I mean, we're real good at church and doing that. I mean, we expect everybody to act just like us. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, what do you mean they're doing that? They shouldn't be doing that. There's really no biblical reason why they can't do it. Well, I'm not doing it. Or, here's another one. 
They should be doing what we're doing. Well, they don't have to do that. Well, the best thing for them to do is to do it. Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You worry about yourself. Don't get focused on other people. You worry about where you're at. Don't get focused on what others are doing. This is the thing. Martha, it's okay that you're serving. But listen, don't worry about Mary. You focus on yourself. Here's the other thing, the final thing I want you to see about his response. Here's what he's saying. The priority is Jesus, not service. The priority, the the reason why we're here is Jesus, not service. Now, let me just stop for a moment. I'm going to help you understand because this is where I can help you to clarify what's going on here. If I had entered into that village and Martha and Mary and, and Lazarus were there and I said, Hey, come on over to our house. And I go there and they put on the big spread. And it's the same situation. Martha's slaving away. I'm sitting there talking with Lazarus. And Mary is just sitting there, not doing anything, just listening. Let me go ahead and tell you right now. Martha's right. Mary should help. Did I clarify that with you ladies? If I am the one who's going to her house... And Martha's the one slaving away. And and Mary's just sitting there listening to me and Lazarus talking. Yeah, she's got every reason to be upset. She needs to get up and get in there and help. So everybody in agreement with that, okay? Now here's the difference though. I'm not Jesus. Because when Jesus comes to your house, God Himself just entered into the room. And what was normal before changes. And the priority isn't whether or not I got a big spread anymore. The priority now is who? Jesus. Do you see the point? He's not rebuking Martha for what she's doing. He's just saying there's a difference in priority here. The priority is me, Martha. Me. And she's doing what's right. In fact, he goes on and said it will not be taken from her. It will not be taken from her. See, folks, here's the thing. When you look at your life, this is what the passage is trying to bring out. It's like, okay, George, I, I grasp what's going on here. Hopefully those ladies will get it under control and being mad at Mary. I hope so too. Don't be mad at me. Here's what I want you to see. How do we take this passage and apply it to our lives? Here's how you do it. Really, here's three questions. Number one, who do you identify with? Who do you identify with? Do you identify with Martha? 
Now, some of you will identify with Martha because you're just like her. You're industrious, you're a great hostess, and, and you'll put on, I mean, when are you inviting me over? When all these good cooks, invite me over. I'll bring Lori. No, don't do that, okay? But, I mean, you can identify with her. But wait a minute now. Hold on before you say, I identify with Martha. Well, are you like Martha in that you're worried about what others are doing? That you get bent out of shape? Are, are you like Martha in that you make assumptions about Jesus and just assume that, number one, he doesn't care about you? Folks, he always cares about you. Number two, that he's just going to see it your way? Can you, can you identify with her? Or can you identify with Mary where the ultimate priority in your life Jesus. Well, let me just stop for a moment because that's going to be difficult for us as Americans. I'm just going to be honest with you because if we were to describe our lives as Americans, it's sort of like a chest of drawers. You know, in your bedroom, you've got a chest of drawers in your bedroom. And, and, and if you're like me, you got a sock drawer. And then you got my socks in there, and I got my handkerchiefs, and then I got my underwear drawer. And then I got my t-shirt drawer with all my t-shirts in it. And then I got my grubby jeans drawer, and then I've got my good jeans drawer. And sometimes I, I get the two confused, and Lori gets upset with me because I'm working in my good jeans instead of my grubbies. And, and you know, you've got a different drawer for everything. And that, can I be honest with you, is how we are in our Christian lives. We have a, a work drawer, and we, this is who we are at work, and work is the priority. We've got our buddy drawer, this is who we are with our buddies, and we've got our family drawer, and then we've got who we are with ourselves. And of course, then there's that little drawer, that's our God drawer. And so we compartmentalize everything. And so depending on where we are in the day depends on the priority of what things are in our lives. Is that not true? And so for some of you, your work is a priority over everything else. For some of you, it's your family. For some of you, it's just plain you. And if you were to look at the priority list, sometimes God isn't where he should be. And this is what I'm trying to say to you. Jesus is saying, you know what? Service and all that stuff is fine, but she's got a grasp on something here because the priority with her is me, Jesus is saying. Is Jesus the priority with you? Well, he is over here in this little drawer, George. No, no, no. I mean, is he the priority in every area of your life? Who do you identify with? Who do you identify with? The second thing is, is, are you too busy for Jesus? That's really what's coming out of this passage here, folks, is that Martha, is she, she got distracted from, I mean, she's got Jesus in her room. She's got Jesus in her house. And yeah, she's trying to serve him, but somehow she misses that, that Jesus is there, and she becomes so distracted by her work that she misses Jesus. 
Can you get distracted? Yeah, you can get distracted. I can get distracted. You know, even as a pastor, don't just assume because I'm a pastor that, man, me and God were right this every day. Because I can do religious stuff every day and miss Jesus. You hear what I said? I can do religious stuff every day and miss Jesus. Are you too busy for him? George, you don't know what my schedule is. I, I got a 26-hour schedule and there's only 24 hours in a day. I don't know how I can go all together. Maybe your priorities aren't right. Are you too busy for Jesus? And then finally, as we apply this to our lives, here's what you need to do. You need to make Jesus your priority. Make Jesus your priority. Now, now, let me just stop for a moment, because as soon as I say that, here's what's going to enter into some of your minds. Oh, no. George wants me to be a holy roller. George wants me, if you don't have one at home, you can go to Goodwill. I think you can find one there in the book, books. He wants me to get one of those big family Bibles and carry that around with me all the time. George wants me to talk religious talk. Because this is what happens. When we enter into our minds of making Jesus the priority in our lives, we think that that means we've got to become weird. But that's not what it means. What it means is, is that what becomes most important to you in your life is your relationship with God. And that spending time with Him is the most important. So you're going to take time to pray and talk to Him. You're going to take time to read His Word whenever you can. Or make the time to spend time reading His Word. Because you know that spending time with Him is a priority. Because you know the only way you're going to grow with Him is to spend time with Him. I mean, let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about because I kind of joked about it earlier with Lori about being on the phone with her when we first dated and now we joked a little bit about that, but there is some truth to that. Do you, do you realize when, when you're building a relationship with someone, think about how it was with your sweetie and you do anything to, woo, hi, how are you? But then when you quit doing that, you wonder, how come... We don't care for each other anymore. How come I feel distant from you? It's because somebody didn't wasn't the priority anymore. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's the same thing with God. We can be so distracted by all this stuff in our lives that Jesus no longer becomes the priority. The reality is Jesus needs to be priority. See, he can be the priority and you not be weird. So, who do you identify yourself with? Are you too busy for him? Make him your priority. And I dare say that most of us here need to Let's pray. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.